0: Allah الله Ahmadu, Imam Al-Ud, in verses 150 to 154 of his poem, mentions something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran is called Laumat Al-La'im. Laumat Al-La'im means the blame or censure of the critic when he finds you to be blameworthy. So, Imam al mentions that Displeasure with blame is a well-known disease of the heart. And to concern oneself with the praises of others, he says is hijabum min maqam al-ihsan. It is a veil and a barrier and an obstacle for a person to reach the station and status of ihsan. Ihsan is the highest level of worship and the highest level of closeness to Allah SWT. So a person can never have asan if they're always worried about what people think of them, or they're seeking other people's pleasure and they do things in order to get others' praise, or they desist from things only to save themselves from others' blame. hijabi nafin wa zulrin illa min mulki and the way to sever this barrier between a person and a son is to know deeply that there is no ability to benefit and there is no ability to harm except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Malik mulki except from the master of all the domains Allah it means exalted is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and majestic is He Then he mentions that there are some things that are haram from this disease that a person is displeased, displeasure with the blame of others and they change their actions in order not to get blamed by others. There are some things that are haram in it and those are the things that Imam Al-Ghazali has explained in detail. We'll come back to that. And then he ends by saying the perfection of like lakin kamalu Sidki. the perfection of Sidhq is that Allah Tanlora, that you should not at all gaze, not consider, not even notice, Limadin o Zamin min al-nasi at any of the praise or blame that may flow from the mouths or hearts of the people. So this is a disease of the heart which is called displeasure from blame that you don't want somebody to mock you, you don't want somebody to make fun of you, you don't want somebody to look down upon you, you're worried somebody might critique you, you're worried somebody might blame you. And because of that, instead of worrying that it's only Allah Ta'ala's blame that you have to worry about. But if you worry about the blame of makhluk, you will not be able to worry about the blame of Allah ta'ala. And similarly, if you are overly concerned with the praises of makhluk in creation, he will lose out on those attributes and actions that are praiseworthy to Allah So this disease is called displeasure with blame. Now Allah in Quran has mentioned this in one place in Quran and that is part of an ayah that we happened just to do a few days ago, that's how I found it to be honest, Surah Verse 54, we just did Surah Tumayyadah yesterday. I have short-term memory. Ya Allah amanum. amanu, mayatanda minkum an deenihi fasofa ya'ti allahu bi gawmin yuhibbahum huyibbunahum. That all you who believe, so says, I address to Allah amanu, whomsoever of you apostates from their faith, means renounces their iman, and adopts disbelief, renounces their deen, then surely soon Allah Ta'ala will bring another call Another people. And those people will be what? Their first attribute. ويحبونه, that Allah Subhanahu loves them and they love Him. Allah Subhanahu loves them and they love Him. So actually that's two attributes. They will be Mahbub. And they will be muhib. Third, Al alal And they will be very soft. Very soft, kind, gentle, tender, forgiving with their fellow believers. A-Izzatin alal kafirin means they will be firm and strong. It also means they will strongly maintain their self-dignity and respect in front of the disbelievers. Five, and sixth, wala yakhafuna لَوْمَةَ laim The sixth is what is being mentioned here, that they will not fear the reproach of anyone, they will not fear the censure of anyone, they will not fear the blame of anyone. لَوْمَةَ اللَّا That is the fazl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He bestows it upon whomsoever He wills. wallahu وَاسِئٌ alim. And Allah subhanahu wa knowledge encompasses all things. So, what does it mean in this verse? Well, we also learned that there are six attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bestow upon a people. Now, the sixth one was what was mentioned here, that they are not in any way afraid of lo of the blame in anyone. So, what happened was that after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse, the Sahaba took up the challenge. The Sahawa didn't want that now, they could ever leave their deen and then Allah Ta'ala bring another Kaum in place of them. So they did all of these things. Now you whom Allah Ta'ala loves them. That's the ikhtiar of Allah Ta'ala. Right? The rest they started doing. They loved Allah Ta'ala. They were soft with the believers. They were firm and steadfast with the disbelievers. They did jihad fi Allah And they did not fear the blame of the critic. They wouldn't worry anymore what any of the people in their society were saying about them. Now, although obviously the situation of Sahabat kram is was very different than the situation that we have now, this part is very similar. That many times people are lax or lazy in their deen because they're worried about what other people will tell them. Now the interesting thing we learn from here by the way, as you can tell, I downloaded the Arabic PDF of this book, so then it became clear to me, this is, mis- I mean, the English transliteration is not correct, it's not, the Mathar, Matharutul kuloob, which makes sense, it's from Tahara, Matharutul <laughs> kuloob, the place of purification of the heart. Uh, so in this day and age, people also, I was telling you that we think it's a thing in our mind, that in my mind, I'm having thoughts what people will say. Actually what we learned is that no, it's from your heart. And a lot of the things that we sometimes think that it's a wrong idea, wrong thought that I have, if you trace it back deeper to the source, it's actually some spiritual disease, illness in the person's heart. So it's actually a disease of the heart to be worried what other people will say or think about me. To be worried about what other people will say or think about me. So the way to overcome this fear, what Imam Maududah mentioned, was to remember that nobody can harm me and nobody can benefit me except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if Allah is pleased with me and people are displeased with me, everything is fine. And if people are pleased with me but Allah is displeased with me, nothing is fine. And this is a very famous, there is a very famous dua that Sayyidina Rasoolullah ﷺ made on the way back from Taif, which a is written in Hayatus Hayat as- Sahaba. If you want to find it there, and it, that basically the essence of the dua is this: that the Nabiyyu Sallallahu Alayhi was being blamed, and people were displeased with him. People of Makkah were displeased with him. People of Taif were displeased with him, with his Dawah, with his nabu with everything. So he made du'a to Allah Which is essentially this, as if you're pleased with me, it doesn't make a difference to me if all of creation is displeased with me. But if you are displeased with me, then I only seek your pleasure. So the more a person seeks the pleasure of Allah the less they will worry about the pleasure of other people. So that I will say is another cure. That if you feel bad or you're worried about what people think, so try to seek the pleasure of Allah more. Do those ibadat that are more pleasing to Him. Adopt the sunnah that is more pleasing to Him. Leave sins to become more pleasing to Him. Consciously, actively make yourself more pleasing to Allah Then you won't worry about whether we are pleasing to members of His creation. Then the Prophet once said in a hadith that's narrated by, by Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas, bin anum, that the Prophet said that you should remember Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that taqwa and Allah Taala will protect you. And if you have taqwa and are mindful of Allah Taala, you will find Allah Taala in front of you. And if you ask, means Allah Taala will be with you. If you ask, make dua, ask of Allah Subhanahu. If you seek help, seek help from Allah Subhanahu. Know that were all of humanity to gather together to benefit you, it would only benefit you if Allah Ta'ala wished it to benefit you. And if all of humanity were to gather together to harm you, it would only harm you if Allah Ta'ala had already wished that harm to befall you. Alright? So it means that even if outwardly, apparently, creation, you say, no, you said only Allah Ta'ala can harm me or benefit me, but I'm telling you, people are harming me or people are benefiting me. So it means that yes, but if they benefit you, it's because it was the wish of Allah If they harm you, it's only with the izin and permission of Allah Subhanahu So whatever is happening through creation is also happening by the wish and wish wish and will of Allah Subhanahu This is also a famous incident of one of the founding great ulama of the Ulema Hazrat Maulana Sheikh that he told the shaykh amongst many things one thing he told him that before i used to be worried what people would think about me and was i pleasing to them or were they blaming me and i don't have that worry anymore and his shaykh told him that this is the true meaning of ikhlas ikhlas means to be so purely sincere that all you care about is the pleasure and displeasure of allah Next illness of the heart is called antipathy towards death, that a person is scared about death, a person is worried about death, a person does not want to die. So it's called in Arabic Karahatul that a person has karahat for mot, uh, that they're scared of death and they're scared of dying. Imam alud says that qaraatul mod is when number one a person flees from death and second they free from any mention of death. They flee from death itself and they flee from any mention of death. So much so as if they become ignorant of Allah Ta'ala's statement in the Qur'an that every single self shall taste death. Summa إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَؤُونَ Allah tells us in Qur'an that every single soul will taste, will experience, will have to go through the process of death. And everyone will ultimately, uh, all of you will ultimately return to Allah's fountain. سُمَّ إِلَيْنَا Then another place in Qur'an, Allah says, كُلُّ wal khairi fitnatan wa that every single self will taste test and we will test you. We will try you with some evil and some good. Now here Shar came first, because obviously that's a greater test, kullah, It's a greater test to be tested with evil and some fear. All of that will be fitnatan by way of trial. But ilayna and to us all of you will return. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this another way in Quran. Kullu that every single soul will taste death and indeed each and every one of you will be given your full recompense to face the consequences, punishment or reward entirely for what you did when you al on the Day of Judgment. And then another thing Allah Subhanahu said about death in Qur'an يُدْرِكُمُ الْمَوْتُ فِي That wherever you might be death will seek you out and find you even if you are in fortified strong towers So it means you can flee from it, you can hide from it, death will seek you out and find you wherever you may happen to be then another place in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تَفِرُّونَ مِنْهُ that proclaimed to them in the Nabiya Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam indeed the death from which you flee مُلَاقِيكُمْ it will definitely encounter up and meet up with you summatun duna ila alamil ghaibi wash shahada and then you will be returned to the return back to that being Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is alimul ghaibi shahada who knows all of the things that are secret and all the things that are open manifest and evident for yanum bi ma kuntum ta'malun and he Allah will inform you ma kuntum ta'malun about all the things that you used to do so Now, when a person hears these ayat of Qur'an al-Karim, that yes, a person who has not done well in this world will be afraid from death. So the actual illness here is that when a person has karahat towards maut, it's because they have muhammad for hayat, for hayat al dunya. The more a person loves their life in this world, the more they will have distaste for the concept of dying. And that's why Nabi Ignite said, that mm-hmm. the love for the world is the source of all error, because when you have distaste distaste for death and dying, you won't prepare for it. You won't have fikr of the akhirah, you won't prepare for your death. So, getting back to Ma Maludri So he says that this is reckoned to be among the diseases of the heart, so be content with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. But if one detests, has got dislike, dislikes, severe dislike for death, not for its own sake, nor for the loss of pleasures that it entails, but rather their fear of death is that, uh, the, but rather out of fear of being cut off from preparing for the day of judgment by obeying Allah Ta'ala more than it is not blameworthy. أَنْ اللَّهِ إِلَى So it means that basically a person wanted to do more obedience, more worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they're worried that death may catch them before they're able to do all the obedience and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they wanted. It might be like a person, let's say, a person writing the tafsir of Qur'an and they pass away before they complete the tafsir so they would feel sad. A person making up their qaza prayers from their past life and they might have this worry lest death overcome me before i can fulfill all of my missed prayers so in that sense uh, but we wouldn't call that karate mode that is simply that we don't want death to come to us before we feel at least to some level we have completed our preparation for it but it also gives you an idea right this istidad istidad i mean if you know it in urdu Istidat sometimes means that a person is capable. So this notion that you could become capable of dying, that you could be ready to die, that you're prepared to die. This is the way these people were trained and this is how they thought. Hmm? And they used to say also that never let death overcome you until you are prepared to welcome it. And I would say the good way to die is that person who welcomes, who is anticipating and waiting for death to come and welcomes its arrival because they are so prepared for it. Uh, we can't imagine what it would mean to be so prepared for death that you're not not only does one not have qarahad for it, but one is waiting for it and one welcomes it. One is waiting for it and one welcomes it. Now, some ulama mention that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us tastes or previews of death. One, they mention sleep. And this is why you know the sunnah, du'a also likens it to death. So, Allah ma bismika amutu wa ahya. So, Allah Ta'ala, in your name I die, and in your name I'm revived. So the notion of loss of control, the notion of loss of life, so to speak, because if you sleep for eight hours, you lost your eight hours of your life. All right. Others take more scientific way. They say that Allah Ta'ala makes your cells die constantly. But apparently people's cells are constantly dying and perhaps being regenerated. So that is a notion also of death. Third is that a person's skills, attributes can die. A person's memory might die, a person's strength might die, fade over time and then ultimately dies. So all of our physical self is fading. And the notion of the fading is that as you keep fading and fading and fading, ultimately a person fades away entirely and ends up on death. So the first khair, the first positive way was that to not uh, to be afraid of death, uh, not afraid of death, but to worry that death may come upon a person before they are prepared for it. Second, he says that if one completely entrusts his affair to his master, yani Allah, whatever Allah Ta'ala wills, whether Allah Ta'ala causes him to die, or Allah ta'ala gives him respite. And if a person does that uh, and either way they would be happy and pleased with Allah so these, such an attitude towards death is commendable and praiseworthy. What does that mean? So that, for example there is also a dua that Nabi sallallahu sallam taught that none of you should pray for your death. Because sometimes a person may feel themselves in such desperation that there was a notion should I then just pray to Allah just take my soul now. So the Prophet said no, you can't make mutlak dua for death. What you can do is make du'a that Allah Ta'ala, if it's best for me, best for me best for my akhirah, that I die now, then take my soul now. And if it's best for me to remain alive for some time, then let me remain alive for some time. So this is tafweez, this is to submit one's affairs and matters entirely to Allah Ta'ala, so this is how he says, oh, al ila mawlaahu. He submits the matter entirely to his mola, his master. Yani, Allah subhanahu wa taala. Tamaisha Aradahu abkahu. Either the ardahu O abkahu. Either Allah taala will return him back to him. Yani, cause him to die. Allah taala will maintain him baki on this earth. So these are two praiseworthy attitudes towards death. Then he mentions that your karaha towards death will not make death any further from you. It will stay, it will come at its appointed time, no matter how much you dislike it. Your disliking it cannot avert it from you, nor can it delay the reality of death in any way. Then he speaks of remembering death. <inaudible> the zakir of death, the person the zikrimalt, means the person who always remembers death, constantly remembers death. that Allah will honor and dignify that person with qanaa. Qanaa means to be content with whatever you have in the dunya. The person feels whatever they have in this world is sufficient. It's not just material. Whatever intelligence they have in this world is sufficient. Whatever emotions they have in this world is sufficient. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon them they find it to be sufficient. Why? Because they are remembering death. And what does it mean? Qanad also means that you find your provisions for the world sufficient because you are too worried about accumulating your provisions for the Akhirah. You want more deen, more a'mal, more good sifat for the sake of Akhirah. And because you are so concerned on that, you find your provisions of the world sufficient. And if a person is not concerned with their provisions for the Akhirah, they will constantly want to accumulate more of this world. Another way you can understand this, it is in the nature of human beings to accumulate. It's just our choice to be accumulate material things or to we accumulate for the sake of Akhirah. Either way, everybody is accumulating something. Everybody is accumulating something. And then the person, second thing that happens when a person remembers death is that their heart will become inclined towards obedience to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, so their heart, you have you know, this in Urdu, Their heart feels a lot of munaspat and inclination towards obedience, and it also feels Toba for the sins. That took place earlier. So Ta'at and Toba, Ta'at and Toba, obedience and repentance, obedience and repentance, obedience and repentance. And if somebody doesn't remember death, if somebody doesn't remember death, then they won't have Kana'a, they won't have Ta'a, and they won't have Toba. He says that on the opposite, they'll lose all three. If they don't remember death, they'll find whatever they have in the world insufficient, they will always want more. If they don't remember death, they won't be concerned with obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if they don't remember death, they won't make true tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They won't make full tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, Nabi Akreem mentioned to us in a hadith that the average life of the person of this ummah will be between 60 and 70. And it comes in Qur'an also, and the mention of the age 40. And the vehicle Sallallahu also mentioned in Hadith that a person passes the prime of their youth after age 40. So those who are past the age of 40, like in here they talked about retirement age of 60, we should just assume that at any time at 60 death can come to us. So a person's planning should be worst case scenario for those of us who cross 40, that I better be absolutely prepared to die by the time I'm 60. Because after 60, any time death can come upon me. And for those of you who are still younger than 40, which you should do, but those of us who have crossed 40 failed to do, but you can still do it, that you should be prepared to die by 40. Yeah, <laughs> you should be ready, completely ready. So you should plan, which you should actively, seriously plan your life that what do I need in my deen, what type of knowledge do I need, what type of amal do I need, what bad attributes do I have to rid myself of, what good feelings should I have, make a whole list and say, I need to get all of that done by 40. that's how people plan their dunya. People spend so much time planning living, they don't spend enough time planning their dying. So there's a whole list of things to do before you can die. And if you're under 40, you should plan to have all those things done by your 40. And if you cross 40, plan to have all those things done ASAP and at the latest by 60. Hmm? And literally, a person has to plan their death. We spend a lot of time planning our lives. Hmm? And not only do we plan, we plan, we replan, we replan, we adjust, we readjust, we recalibrate If the plan for our life doesn't go, we can be just, no, no, nothing can stop us from planning our life. Any setback, any failure, we will just replan it. We will reroute it. But we're not that serious about our death. Hmm? And the notion in our deen is, in the Malamalu the person who truly planned to die properly, and they spent their significant effort, Preparing for that death, maybe death will come to them before 40 for those of you under 40 and before 60 for those of us who have crossed 40. But at least if we had planned and we're pursuing a plan of action, trying to prepare ourselves for death, we can be hopeful that Allah will raise us in a state that we are actually prepared. We were prepared to die. Because that moment when the angel of death comes, you don't want that moment to catch us unprepared. Even just the whole of that moment that's mentioned, just the whole for the person who's a sinner or unrepentant sinner or for whatever reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not happy with him. We can't imagine that. And you can't see that always. The person may be sleeping, they may die in their sleep. This whole is in the spiritual realm. It's the ruh. it's almost like a dreamlike state you can say that perceives the angel of death coming. Alright? So we have to realize that, that is, that's going to happen to each and every single one of us. The angel of death will come, and then he will take our ruh out, and they will end up in this place called Barzakh, I mean, that's just aligned with our grave. And our grave, we may have Azab of Kabr, we may have a grave that is a garden from the gardens of Jannah. It's a process. The more we think about death, the more we think about dying. There were some Masha'ik who used to teach a zikr called Muraqabah Mot. And there were even cite different ways they would teach that. One way they would say is that when you go to sleep at night, you should imagine that you are being lowered into your grave, and then the people are throwing earth upon you, and then they're all leaving you one by one, they're leaving the cemetery one by one, and then ultimately now you're all alone, and it's just you and your atma. Hmm? And if you sleep well that night, it means you have a lot of Alma and you're content, and if you think that and you can't sleep well, it's because it must mean that you don't have good amal. And you're supposed to wake up the next morning and try to be more prepared, more prepared for dying and meeting Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabiya Karim sallallahu alayhi wa some young Ansari sahabi, he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa a question, who are the most wise? So what does young Ansari sahabi mean? Young Ansari sahabi means Nabiya Karim sallallahu came to Medina, and there's a new young Sahabi, and he's so excited that he gets to spend time with the Prophet ﷺ. Maybe he was a young guy, his mom went let and traveled to Makkah Mukhermah. So he's so excited he's got Nabiya Karim ﷺ in his town. So these young Ansari Sahabis used to ask questions. So he asked the question, oh, Ya Rasulullah who is the most wise person? Young man wanting to be wise. Nabiya so kareem the one who remembers death the most. Allah Akbar, I can imagine what happened to that young Ansari Sahabi at that moment. Huh? The one who remembers death the most, that person is the most wise. And they will have the glad tidings of Jannah. They will have the glad tidings of Jannah. Hmm? Now this notion of preparation of death, uh, Ajib, you will not have any, uh, how can we say, you will not have any forewarning of death. No one knows exactly when they will die. And in one place in the Quran, Allah said a very strong thing. <inaudible> <inaudible> if Allah Ta'ala chose to seize and take into account people, humanity, due to their zulm, due to their sins, due to their wrongdoings then he would not leave alive on earth a single living creature. There would be none that could escape his punishment, his akhaz, his mu'akhaz, his akhaz. وَلَكِنْ However, يُعَخَّرُهُمْ إِذَا أَجْلٍ مُصَمَّ But rather Allah SWT gives them respite, He gives them a stay until a fixed and appointed term, which is their death. فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَجْلَهُمْ but when their term comes to expire, yani death, لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ wa وَلَا yastaqdimun They cannot delay it further one moment, nor will it ever come one moment earlier. So, uh, why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it mu'akhir? Because so maybe we make Toba. Maybe we make Toba and we change and we make islah and we fix and correct our ways. So, the ishara here in this ayah is the preparation for death is Tawbah and Islah. Lakhdullah tells as many mantaba wa aslaha, mantaba wa aslaha. Who seeks Allah's forgiveness and makes Tawbah for sins and makes amends and correct their ways. This is the real preparation, from uh, real preparation for death. The real preparation for death. Sometimes, if you imagine simply at a human level, how many people have died already hundreds of billions of human beings have already died hundreds and billions maybe thousands of billions millions upon billions billions upon billions hmm? or you thinking any day how many people die Akbar. i don't know what those figures are but it's a lot of people who die every day hmm? how many people are buried in all the graveyards so this was also to get the human level Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu recommended that a person should visit graveyards and cemeteries But you have to visit with a niyat of zikrimaut If you just tag along at the janazah of some relative and you're talking on your cell phone and You chat with people while the body is buried It's not going to help you to remember and prepare for death That's actually a sign of how hard the hearts have become that people go for tadfeen, you uh, mean go for burial and it doesn't affect them, it doesn't shake them. Because that shows how inhuman it is. It's not just the experience of going in the graveyard, but somebody you knew, I mean if you're going there, somebody you knew has just passed away. Somebody you know is being lowered into the ground. But people are still talking away. It's an amazing thing. We observe it almost, Illa mashallah, unless his people are very strongly from the, the deen, who are at the graveyard, and we notice it in almost every tithveen. It's a strange thing. But, but <laughs> Nabiya Karim some said, what, well, that just visiting the graveyard, not even for tithveen, Nabiya Karim just meant just walking through a cemetery, will make a person remember death. So then you can imagine if you were there doing an actual tithveen, how much more that should have made a person remember death, and be in anticipation of it, and increase there preparation for it so these are some things from the uh, hadith sunnah teachings of nabiya kareem how a person can uh, rid oneself of this disease of having qaraahat maut mawt uh, or being uh, having a distaste for death uh, one more thing allah mentions in quran that Al-mal uh, wal that your wealth and your children are the zenith of hayat al-dunya, are the adornments and alluring things of the life of this world. So another thing that can help a person, uh, prevent a person from remembering and preparing for death, is if they get overly fixated. These things are halal: family, children, is halal, and your halal earnings. By mal, Allah Ta'ala here meant your halal earnings, your halal property, your halal possessions, and your lawfully halal children. There are also things that attract and allure a person to be more, more enamored of this world. So the cure for that, Allah Ta'ala mentions, is al a'mal salih. That the more a'mal you do, so what does it mean? This process happens naturally. Deen is not saying that somehow you have to consciously somehow love your children less so that they don't distract you from death. There's no way you could figure that out. It will happen naturally that when along with loving your children, you also try to make a lot of a'mal and have fear of Allah that will naturally temper the love of children in a way that it remains pure and beneficial and it doesn't harm a person in the sense that it makes them not want to die, because otherwise you will find people like that. They will say that, oh I don't want to die, why? Because of my children, right? And they're already 70, 80, 90 years old, Well, they're worried about what's going to happen to their children after they die. But if a person is prepared for death, and they've prepared their children on deen, they won't have that worry anymore. Like sometimes people, they send their child to study overseas, they feel that if we prepare them well, they don't worry about that separation. But when it comes to dying, they get worried about that separation. Hmm? But the reason is because they haven't done their terbiyat of their children. They haven't prepared their children spiritually around deen. So that separation is disturbing for them. But they have prepared their children how to master and conquer the dunya. So that separation doesn't disturb them. So as far as terbiyat of aulad, the asal is to prepare your children for your death and to prepare your children for their death to prepare your children for their death. So, what does it mean that I've raised a child? Should I've successfully raised my child, what does it mean my child is prepared to die? He's ready to meet his rub. He knows how to live his life in such a way now, that he will live his life in a way that will prepare him to die in such a state that his rub is pleased with him. And if you haven't done that yet, you haven't trained your children. You may have raised them and sent them on A-levels or U.S. or U.K. or Canada or university. But if they still don't know how to live a life that prepares them for death, you haven't finished your job as parents. Right? And this is a big problem. But most parents, they only look at dunya. This is also what Allah Ta'ala was mentioning in that ayah. The only relationship they have with their children is about dunya. Because the asal relationship with children is about deen is liddeen, fiddeen, lilla, lillah fid lilla, la, And it can also be a cure for those of us who are over 40. The more you help prepare your children to live a good life so they die a good death, the more you will also end up being prepared to die. So these are two of the illnesses of the heart that we did today. <coughs> Number one was displeasure for people's blame, and second was a dislike, distaste for mot. Both of these are spiritual diseases of the heart. May Allah ta'ala purify our heart of all of such things. May Allah ta'ala first and foremost make us aware of these diseases inside ourselves. May He enable us to humbly acknowledge their existence. May He guide us to their cures and remedies. As outlined by his dean, and through the experiences of the Ahl deen wa'afnul da'wana Put on our heart a fear of that you find us blameworthy, that you find us censured, that you may censure our action, censure our speech, censure our thoughts, find blameworthy our feelings. We know that there are so many things in our Book of Deeds that are so blameworthy to you, which are reprehensible to you, which should be disliked and detested by you. Let us fear that, Ya Rabbah, let us change our actions, change our ways, change our character, change our statements the beginning, we too want to be amongst those people. Then Ya Ram, you are pleased with them and they are pleased with you. We want to be amongst those people. That you love them and they love you. Ya became grant us this attribute. Let being pleasing to you and beloved to you be the greatest desire of our heart and take away from our heart the desires to be pleasing and beloved to creation. Ya Rabbi Karim increases in our preparation for death. Grant us Amal As-Saleh. Grant us Zad, Ya Nabd, the provisions for the journey. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, take us away. From all of the delusions of the world, all of the deceptions of the world, all the attractions of the world. In a name let us visit the cemeteries more. Let us remember death more. Let us imagine our grave more. Let us remember the angel of death more. Let us remember the day of judgment more. Let us remember the hisab more. Let us remember the mizan more. Let us remember your might and power more. In a name humble us, Yadam. Humble us and make us into your fearful servants and slaves your obedient servants and slaves, your worshipful servants and slaves, your zakirin servants and slaves, your sahirin servants and slaves. Ya le'eru remove all of the illnesses of our heart. Grant us the purity of the heart of Nabiya Kareem grant us the purity of the Nabiyeen the purity of the Sindikin the purity of the Shuhada the purity of the Salihin Ya Karim, Tahir kulubana. purify our hearts Ya Rabb you are the real purifier of hearts we offer our hearts to you in this night in this month of Ramadan then it, Ya Nabi Kareem purify Ya Rabb cleanse it Ya Rabb soften it Ya Rabb protect us from the hardening of the heart Protect us from the diseases of the heart. Ya Ram, protect us from the dying of the heart. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana, takabbal minna, innaka anta al-samee'u al-aleem. Atubu alayna, innaka anta al-dwa'u al-raheem. Wa sallallahu ta'ala, ala habibihi sayyidna Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Mirahmatika ya arhamallahu alayhi wa sallallahu